Well, that is very upsetting to say the least. <laughs> I I had just recorded like, oh God, I could have been on about 10 minutes. I have no idea. Um, good thing is I was probably going off on a tangent that wasn't linked to running. <laughs> and so maybe that's quite good, but I'll try to retrace my steps, but it's not, it's just not as authentic, which is upsetting. But basically I said I would podcast more, um, had realized that I probably got a little bit like, and this is where I kind of pissed myself off because I was like trying to figure out a word that would explain it. But it's like, it's not high maintenance. It's not precious. I fucking hate the word precious. Excuse my language. But it's kind of like getting too like, mm, someone else is going to be thinking of the word right now in their head and just getting a bit too like, the podcast was put in some headphones, hit record, talk about whatever. It was kind of like a, like a radio station. It was like a, someone's going to listen to this for 25 minutes and for five minutes, there's going to be a really interesting topic that's really going to help. And the other 20 minutes is like noise, but it like gets you through a run or it like gets you home from like work that day, you know? And that's once I started YouTube and the school stuff and, uh, and I started giving a shit about like the sound and I started caring about like, what am I saying? And uh, you just complicate it. I never, ever knew what I was going to say when I pressed record or today forgot to press record, which is very upsetting. Anyway, I then spoke about, oh, how did I get onto that part of the topic? Can't remember. Then I was talking about an app, but I was explaining that I didn't get sponsored by this app, but it's called Headway. Oh yeah, I know why. We were talking about money and we were talking about fancy gadgets. So I was complaining about why I started to give a shit about sound when I used to not care. And I used to literally be <laughs> messing around with Euro coins in a toaster, if you remember, or running around playing fields with Nala and birds and wind. And I remember the first time I took criticism on the podcast, which was when I talked about the loud school children outside of school in Teddington, which people might remember that episode. And I obviously don't hate kids, but I did was very upset that day when they were super loud and my poor listeners might not be able to hear me. But I was thinking about the listeners. I was not thinking about not liking kids. Anyway, the podcast I hope is going to get back to... Oh no, let me go back to Steve Peterson. <clears throat> that... Oh wow. <clears throat> I'm going to get on to talk about that in a little second. The coughing and spluttering. But let's go to Steve Peterson. That was about money because I was spending all this money on like gadgets and audio and I someone criticized me on the YouTube, which, yeah, I kind of joked in a way that I was like not offended, but then kind of like a little bit offended. But then like I don't get offended by what people say, but I might a little bit. Just kidding. Not kidding at all. I really do. But it turns out the camera, the microphone jack is broke. And so it didn't matter that I had like a fancy pants expensive mic. It wasn't working. So that's bloody awful. Anyway, 
that was kind of the problem of podcasting. I was getting a wee bit like two, and that's the word I kind of think of. It's not high maintenance. Yeah, just a little bit too like, mm, that's really annoying. It won't come to me. I'm going to have to say precious and uh, I do hate that word. But now it's kind of back to just like, hopefully, Stephen, just post and just, you know, give people something to listen to on a run, vent a little bit yourself. And I hope it gets to there. But the money conversation was school's doing well. You know, I'm earning a bit more money, which is great. I just did a YouTube episode where I talked about having no money. I wanted to tell people that money is, it's kind of irrelevant, doesn't really create this like happiness. And that's how I got to Dr. Steve Peterson, which got to books, which is Chimp Paradox, which then got to an app called Headway, which I'm not sponsored by. But if you go on there, they do a pretty cheap deal. First of all, they offer it to you for 50 and then you cancel that. And then they say 100 and then you cancel that. And then somehow you get it for like 25. That was cool. Um, but then you can listen to books that are like maybe seven hours long in like 15, 20 minutes, which isn't for everybody. But I like that to kind of like compress things down into little bite-sized pieces. A book that I wouldn't have listened to anyway. So it's kind of like 15 minutes is better than nothing, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but that was, yeah, I think I've summarized quite well in like 10 minutes. It's just kind of sad that it wasn't the first time because I feel like the first time was better, but money really is irrelevant. I sat, yeah, I forgot I got to this part, which as if I missed this, but I sat in the apartment in Titanic and this was after the Olympics and I had all these fancy things like, there's no arrogance in what I'm saying or bragging, I promise you. I don't know, TVs, MacBooks, Normatex, infrared sauna, Mercedes parked downstairs, brand new, didn't matter. Could order what I wanted for dinner, could go on holiday anywhere I wanted. But the really probably like fucked up thing about life is that with all those options, first of all, options suck. I'm telling you that right now. Humans prefer. <laughs> I used to love getting home, putting the TV on the film four, and that was it. You had like 30 channels, maybe, Freeview. It was like film four, ITV two, maybe channel five. Every now and again, ITV one. And there was like four movies to pick from. Then like, I mean, Netflix, all sorts of like, ban tv services where you get like 10 fucking thousand movies to pick from worst thing that ever existed sky 14 movie channels probably like 40 by the time you count up all the other channels that have movies on them and by the time you pick a movie to watch it's bedtime you don't even watch the movie it's gone time's gone it's just you spent that long picking it youtube and it trailer and then you're like nah don't even want to watch a movie now. Um, options kind of suck. I sat there in that apartment. I didn't, um, wow, I don't even know why it's hard for me to say, but I didn't like life then. I didn't really want, it's not that like, there was no, this is when I needed to get help. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like suicidal or these kind of things. And this could be a really deep conversation, but I don't mean it to be. Today's going to be a fun, lighthearted podcast. But it was kind of just like a, 
period of time where I didn't know if I could keep living that way, where I'd get back to this empty apartment and look at all these fancy things and not give a shit about any of it, not care about myself, not just, yeah, I just didn't really want to be alive. But I didn't want to be dead, which is like, that's why it's not a deep, deep conversation because like, it's not like I wanted to be dead because I think life can be awesome. And I think um, we don't do a great job of reminding ourselves that, that like, hey, today you're just alive and that's really cool. And then it's like, well, what next, you know? Today could be a good day or today could be a great day or I could pencil things into today that could make it awesome. And that's kind of like where you have to get to. And none of the like, the Dr. Steve Peterson part was that money can help that, sure. But it, I could have literally gone to five-star all-inclusive hotel the next day, booked a flight that day if it existed. But then I'd have just sat there like, oh, what will I do now? And so I wasn't sure of myself, my life purpose, things like that. And this is not a marketing play, I promise you, even though it's going to kind of sound like one. When I started the school stuff and the YouTube stuff and like trying to like help more, and obviously it helps me too. I'm not, you know, stupid. Um, and, and life has to be like that. There's a balance. Like, let's be honest, like money helps and you need money. But once I found a hypothetical better purpose, which was kind of like running's great and running really fast is awesome. But like helping others is pretty cool too. And I found a real sense of joy and happiness through doing work that I knew could lead to other people profiting from that work in a way that it was like, I love that idea of like people helping people. So even when I first started doing like coaching or online coaching, it was always, the, the business model was always, look, I'd, I'd love people to just send me money for free, <laughs> but that doesn't work and nobody wants to do that. And then nobody even wants to be on the receiving end of that because it's not cool. It doesn't feel right. So it's kind of like, well, why don't I help you with your running and then you can help me out financially, which can pay for physio and pay for camps and blah, blah, blah. That was like the perfect business model for me at the time. Um, so once you find that like purpose, whatever it is, that was a fun change. And so it wasn't that the work that I was doing, investing time into the likes of this school or, or YouTube or even doing stuff now, which is editing bloody videos <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, it doesn't feel like work. And also that void, that like emptiness when I got back to an apartment, it, it just disappeared almost. And that, that wasn't money. That honest to God, like money, I said earlier, money is irrelevant. The more I have, the more I waste or the more I can waste, the more options I have. It's, it's bloody helpful. And you might be listening saying, God, aren't you lucky? And, but I've literally had, if you go watch my recent YouTube, A Day in a Life, which I, I, I need to talk about that too. Um, <laughs> somebody commented, A Day in a Life of an Olympic DNFer, <laughs> but at least you're getting good with a video camera. That kind of hurt a little bit. Like, yeah, that stung just a little bit. <laughs> Sorry about the nose thing. 
we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's no brag in that, I promise you. Money is so irrelevant. It just changes options, which humans don't always want. And it, yeah, the more you have, the more you spend, you know, there's probably a really nice dinner you can make for, in America, probably like $40, <laughs> joking, maybe like 20. It's very expensive. But all it means is like you buy the more expensive steak or salmon or like whatever. But like the other stuff probably tastes really good too. Um, anyway, that was that conversation. I would highly recommend if you don't love the likes of reading and this, this app Headway, you can read or you can do little audibles or it's cool to just learn things about things. My one piece of advice there is, um, don't think you need money to be happy. That's a good one. Um, which you've heard everywhere. So, you know, yeah, like we haven't heard that before. Um, the other would be the purpose thing. I can't believe how lucky I am in that regard that I, two things, money meant nothing to me because even that day that I probably had like 75 pounds in my bank and I had to walk outside that restaurant and check, could I afford to pay for breakfast for me, Stephen and Scott? <sighs> money didn't mean anything to me because I was fortunate enough. I'm not going to say lucky enough. I was fortunate enough to, I had taught myself web design and I could always bank on maybe I'd find a web design job which could generate some money which would then allow me to have money and so I never I'm going to use a phrase like I never really truly felt and I'm going to say naked which sounds ridiculous but I never really felt super vulnerable because I could go home and I could open up the laptop and I could search for a job I had to open up the laptop in the first place to learn the web development which is why it's not luck so you find, this is like almost more serious tone, you find a way that helps you make money. I don't know how you do it. You have to figure it out. There's a lot of ways. And then you never feel vulnerable because all that stands between the 78 pounds in your bank account and having a little bit more, for me, was opening up the laptop and finding a bloody web development job. Do some work. I'm fortunate now that the work that I do, I fucking love it. Oh my God. Sitting at it in a video, even though it is the bane of my life right now, because it's so time consuming, but it doesn't feel like work. It kind of just feels like, like I'm playing video games, like computer games, like when everybody else enjoys Call of Duty and all this kind of stuff, I really enjoy the movie part of the process and of trying to make running in some way, shape or form educational, which is first and foremost what I've always been about. But then also like just maybe fun, maybe a layer of like fun or coolness or entertainment or, and that's been the goal. How do you turn something that, let's be honest, is really fucking quite boring to watch, boring to look at? How do you make that fun? And not gimmicky. I'm not, my YouTube will never move to gimmicky or even the school stuff. It's not, it's not a gimmick. It's not a, I'm not going to make fun of running, but it's, it's an interesting balance, but I'm very, very fortunate. That's very fortunate that I actually enjoy it because if I didn't, I couldn't do it. Very fortunate that I also give a shit about helping people because if I didn't, I wouldn't enjoy it. I wouldn't, 
I couldn't put the time in. It'd be impossible. So it took me 16 minutes to do an introduction to the podcast. I hope I'm going to podcast more. Um, I used to literally go on a run, hit record, start talking, had no idea what I was going to talk about. It didn't matter. I hope that in a 25 to 30 minute conversation within there somewhere, there was something half productive that would help people. Today, let's start with fucking allergies. <laughs> Ugh. And if you've made it this far, then you deserve to know more about allergies. If you have allergies, you're going to probably profit a lot from this next part of this conversation. So allergies in Flagstaff, I didn't necessarily know that I got allergies. I came here and I used to, a couple of things. I used to think when I was running, the shortness of breath was altitude. Now, you can kind of, I really wish I could sit back. Let's see if this really messes up the like stupid expensive speaker, which is ridiculous because if, uh, if I just had my bloody headphones in, I could just sit back. Can I sit back? I think I possibly can because I'm, I'm upset my neck sitting that far forward. So I just need a little break. Um, allergies in Flagstaff are ridiculous there I can't sit back it doesn't work this is where like these expensive things kind of suck anyway you come to Flagstaff you go for a run it's 7,000 feet you're expected to be short of breath I couldn't figure out the difference between am I short of breath because it's 7,000 feet am I short of breath because I'm tired or what the fuck is this excuse my language again what is this like extra layer of like shortness of breath I need to take a drink because I don't hydrate enough. We, we could talk about that too. Let's talk about that quickly. Eat well, hydrate a lot, and sleep as much as you can. If I could give three running tips, that would be it. And I mean that. There's also a really intelligent coach here right now, a guy called Terrence Mahone. Terrence Mahone? He's an Adidas coach. He coached a um, lot of very good athletes. Meb Kifledsky, Dina Castor, uh, Ryan Hall, to name but a few. And they're legends. He told me that when you get dehydrated, your running economy goes to shit, which might be why in really hot races, I really struggle. We could go back to the day in the life of an Olympic DNF or comment. <laughs> that one stung a little bit. I kind of, not that I'm going to rant, but why do we do that? Why do we pick holes in what people are doing, you know? Like, just leave people alone and to do their thing. You don't like what someone's doing? Don't watch it. Don't comment. Anyway, the hydration thing, really get on top of that. I forget to drink water and then I get to these, like, chronic dehydrated states almost and be very good with that. So I'm sitting with like a coffee next to me and a, a thing of water and, and not drinking it because I'm talking crazy. Anyway, we were talking about allergies. So I didn't know when we got the altitude, whether it was shortness of breath. <sighs> what kept happening at altitude? There's, there's a couple of layers. I'd get the altitude. I'd train when I would push, which obviously you breathe harder. You bring in more pollen. The body would react to that. And I'd end up sneezing for the rest of the day a lot. Not like, hachoo, every now and again. I mean like seven in a row. And I'd be like, come on. And my nose would be super upset. And then I would 
wake up with like a, a blocked nose, which again, obviously pain in the ass. But my right side of my nose is broke, deviated septum. Why I'm getting into that is because if you have allergies and then certain allergies cause you almost to get like inflammation and, and the nose gets upset. And then if one side is broke and it doesn't flow as well, you end up with a sinus infection. I got a sinus infection about two weeks ago, which really pissed me off because things had just started to get to a pretty good place and were going well. And even though like my body kind of created the sinus infection, which means come to altitude, struggle with allergies, train hard, sneeze loads, nose gets inflamed, nose is broke so it doesn't flow as well, gets all upset, gets all like inflammation-y, body then tries to create mucus to clear inflammation, full and full self-created mistake or nonsense going on. Inflammation can't settle. Here comes sinus infection. Ridiculous. With infection comes higher rest and heart rate, lower heart rate variability, poor sleep. Oh my God. Then I'm struggling. So I kind of got annoyed because I was like, this is not the first time that this has happened. This happened before Houston Marathon. I think I got three sinus infections in the space of like six weeks. And I was like, this is ridiculous. What's going on? It now makes sense. Back to allergies, back to advice. What I do, this is the most important part. You figure out, okay, this is allergies. How I know it's allergies is because I did an allergy test. We figured out that grass pollen in particular um, I did it on Medichex. I actually did it ages ago. And then it's kind of cool that I was able to go and, and look at like what I had done ages ago and check it out. Um, what's cool about that is because I could then look, you can, obviously I didn't know about allergies. And then I went and trained the other day in a place called Camp Verde. I was doing a session that should have been very achievable but I really struggled. And I mean like heart rate, like 10 beats above what it should be. How I also know I struggled is because it was kind of one of these situations where I was like working, but like just working way too hard, right? And so that's not what I meant to say. I got distracted. There was someone text on the MacBook. I did the first mile, the heart rate was in a really good place. And then the next mile, it jumped way too much. It wasn't, it wasn't right. And I know, I knew it wasn't right. I was like, my heart rate doesn't do that. I don't go from like 155 to 170. It just doesn't happen like that. It, it takes time. I'd go like 155. By the end of mile two, I might be like 163, maybe, maybe like 160 more like, and it doesn't, it just, I know it just takes longer to get to there, right? And so I was getting kind of frustrated by that. And then the breathing started to go. And I, I started moving into that like shallow breathing kind of annoying feeling, which, oh, stresses me a lot. And then you get like this, like, it's almost like you're having a bloody panic attack because it just doesn't feel right. So I get back from... Camp Verde and I'm I'm really annoyed. I'm also kind of annoyed at myself for how I like just didn't handle the situation well. I really let it like 
bother me, you could probably say. And so I I ended up doing like more reps and, and it's like, it's like I wanted it to go away and I wanted it to stop, but it couldn't because when I get home, I search, I didn't even get home. I got back in the Jeep and I search because this is, I, I'm just pissed off at this point. So I search pollen count, um, Camp Verde. I see that it's very high, literally everything very high. I think I put it on my Strava and ask people like, what gives, you know, what, what can I do, you know? And people were very nice and helped and, and commented. But the main thing I learned to do was to go check my MediChecks account because I'd done it. I'm not sponsored by MediChecks, so don't even know why I say that. It's just kind of like a YouTube thing. Hello, welcome to my channel. <laughs> um, MediChecks, very, very good. So I did the allergy test a long time ago. It also gives you like food and, and we'll kind of get to that too. I think it's food air air allergies which is obviously like i just talked about like that i i'm getting it up which is why i'm kind of like distracted ish um well fully <sighs> you do the allergy test the first thing they tell you is is your body reacting to something right now right and so i think my score it's called immuno immunoglobulin e immunoglobulin e there you go and that says that's antibodies that are fighting against harmful bacteria, viruses in the body. And what might be a high result mean? Elevated IgE results often indicate an allergy. That's all you need to know, right? So had I probably done a test like that post-training in Camp Verde when I drove back up the mountain, if I did that test, it would have been way out of range because my body's fighting. You give yourself asthma, Right. So you end up with like, yeah, just these problems, like inflammation in the lungs, inflammation in the lungs, running is bloody hard as it is, right? Can we, <laughs> running is hard. What you don't need is other external factors working against you. It's that simple. Going to Camp Verde to run at 440 per mile by itself is hard. Going to Camp Verde to run 40, 440 per mile while allergies are bad, <sighs> Some people are going to think allergies are bollocks made up. That's fine. My allergies aren't so much like watery eyes, sneezing. My agent's partner, her allergies are. I can see it, bless her, eyes water and itchy nose, all this stuff all day. Thank goodness I'm not that. My allergies are asthma, basically. I end up getting these feelings of asthmatic type, behavior okay can't breathe go to shallow breathing get really tightness in the chest tightness in the rib cage psoas spasms all sorts diaphragm next day wake up i literally have to massage my chest i have to massage my around the abdomen and stuff because i've just stressed it a lot and the guys were going training yesterday to a place called cottonwood it's lower down i looked it up pollen count very high in every area so that's grass pollen tree pollen. What is the other one? Let me just look it up for you. And um, pollen count cottonwood. There we go. Cause they'll be very high again. I just know it. It just is crazy down there. So today, um, tree pollen high grass pollen is actually only moderate, which is good. Cause it can be very high, which is tomorrow ragweed pollen. That's the other one. So it's moderate. Okay. The reason I'm telling you that is because in my medi checks, we have 
grass, we have weed, we have mold, and we have tree. Okay? Grass. Oh, wow. That's like, then we've moved into foods. Okay? Anyway, I'm telling you that because I predicted that people would really struggle. Not everybody, obviously, because not everybody has allergies. So I told Katie before she went, I said, I bet people struggle. This will be really interesting. And two people in the group who are normally brilliant really struggled. Wheezy, bad breathing, etc. <clears throat> I hate to be like, I told you so, but this is really important for runners. This is something that you really need to look into um, because it really hurts your confidence and it really you almost like get emotional about it because it's kind of sucks. Like you, you can do everything right and like sleep really well. And maybe you've taken a few easy days for a session to go well. And this is literally why I stopped racing track. Honestly, like no bullshit. I hated that I would show up to a race. I would have worked really hard. I would have done everything right. And my result was hypothetically already like pre-planned based on pollen. When I flew to European Champs 2018 in Berlin, pollen really high, first lap, can't breathe. You then disappoint yourself, how hard you've worked, your country, all this stuff. Yeah, kind of sucks. What if like that day and I'll never know, but what if that day in Tokyo, in the Olympics, like I, I already know that um, the pollen in London was was really high. So whenever I did Lauren half marathon, it's likely the difference between, I, I thought the difference between Lauren and London was like fitness because I hadn't done much in those three weeks. Because on the day of Lauren, I ran 6108 for a half marathon. I felt amazing breathing amazing, felt really comfortable, felt brilliant. Then I go race um, London and I literally can't breathe. So after London is when I started looking into the like throat surgery for this exercise induced larynx disorder is what they called it. I think ILO, but it was because of my breathing. And if you Google, <laughs> poor people that live in London that have allergies, if you Google pollen count London, yeah, it does not make for good running or sorry, reading. Um, it's just high every day. So at least in Belfast at the minute, it's low, which kind of like, I'm not saying it's like makes sense, but if you look at it, it's like Lauren went really well. Pollen's low in Belfast today go to London. Yeah, very high. There you go. Birch pollen near the end of season, oak pollen, grass pollen, very high. It probably makes sense. Now, having said all that, what do you do about it? What I'm doing is I just very simple Google search. A long time ago, I trained with a guy called Scott Overall. He used to take the piss out of me. I didn't Google pollen. But if I got in the park and I could tell that my breathing wasn't right, I went back to the treadmill and I could handle it better. The only problem with that plan is that once you cause the inflammation and once you upset the system, whether it's nose, whether it's chest, whether it's eyes, doesn't matter. Once you've upset it, it's upset. It's very difficult to then, like, you, you, you can't get 
buildup of, if there's buildup of inflammation, you can't get that to just disappear instantly. So it's not going to like, yeah, it's not just going to disappear. So what you basically have to do is, um, I'm rambling because I'm now looking up the mask, the name of the mask that I'm going to tell you. Um, but what you need to do is like Google, oh my God, they're all sold out. That's annoying. I, oh wait, that one's still in stock, but that's that medium. It doesn't fit me, the medium, sadly. Um, so what you've got to do is you've got to, <laughs> I'm rambling. I'm very sorry. I'm distracted. Google pollen, do the medi-checks. If you, if you think you struggle, figure out which pollen you struggle with because I can run no problem when, back to my medi-checks test, grass pollen was five out of six. Okay, grade six is, I mean, excuse my language, but grade six is you're fucked. <laughs> it's bad. Um, grade five is no joke. So grade zero means no reaction whatsoever. Grade one, you're getting a bit of a reaction. Grade two, a bit more. Grade three, a bit more than that. Even grade five is quite a lot. So I get grade five grass pollen, and that's like a score of, I think, 52. Grade zero is below 0.35. Grade six is 100. So like 50 is still quite a lot. I Google it. When, when it comes to tree pollen, where's tree pollen? Tree pollen, I sit at 2.41. So that's, like you can see, that's way down on the 50-odd for grass, okay? So yesterday in Flagstaff, because I've been doing this now, right? I Google pollen and then wherever I am. Yesterday in Flagstaff, grass pollen was low. I think it was none, actually. And, I mean, it's never going to be none, none, but none in terms of you have to worry. Tree pollen was high. And this is where... Allergies aren't just allergies. It's not just like you have an allergy to a specific type of pollen or multiple types of pollen, some people. And so that's why it's like you need to know what type because I could go run yesterday and I felt incredible. Just like incredible because I could bloody breathe. My legs were tired, which is altitude. But it was very nice. So the strategy has to be figure out what type of pollen you're allergic to Either do the test or wake up, Google, see which pollens are high, go run. If you struggle, it's likely that whatever pollen was high, if they're all high, you don't learn much, but hopefully some days others are high, some aren't, and you just make a note of how you felt. And if you start to see the pattern that when tree pollen's high, you struggle, when grass pollen's high, you don't, cool, you've learned something. What I do is instead of going, I haven't really done this yet, but I'm going to move sessions if I need to, to. If on Saturday the pollen's low, but Sunday it's very high, I might consider moving a session a day forward if the previous session wasn't that hard. If I need the extra recovery, well, then I'll either go to the treadmill and not do anything outside, which means I never upset the system, or I'll go the next day if it, ha if it just so happens that the next day it's kind of back to, you know, being, yeah, not good anymore. Like maybe like the next day it's kind of, yeah, it's in a better place. So that's my strategy, I suppose you could say. It doesn't necessarily mean it's like the best strategy in the world. You have to protect yourself as a runner. Let me have a little drink and then I'm, I'll wrap things up. 
obviously, you can take antihistamines. Antihistamines, they'll stop a bit of sneezing. They'll help the nose settle down. However, I got to tell you, they will not let you perform at a high level. Simply won't. The mask is called U2 Sports Mask. I just Googled what mask Galen Rupp wore. And I remember an athlete called Galen Rupp running his 10K champs in a mask. Look, he's one of the best athletes in the world. I think he still won the race. I thought to myself, if anyone was going to do the research on a good mask, he would. I normally hate running in a mask because I always find it like hard work and it made breathing harder, not easier, trying to get rid of the pollen. Um, but it helps. It really helped me. I forgot to use it in Camp Verde. I, I kind of bought it as like a, I didn't think it through, but I kind of just thought if when I'm running, my breathing starts to struggle, I'll, I'll put the mask on. But like I said, you've, you've already caused the inflammation response. And because you've already caused the inflammation response, yeah, it's, it's kind of game over, right? Um, so yeah, that's about all I can tell you about pollen. I am hoping, was hoping to race. Um, I'm not going to race if the pollen's bad, which sounds, I, I don't care what it sounds like. I used to think it sounded like soft or like pathetic or things like this, but it doesn't, the damage doesn't disappear straight away. For days, then my chest is bad, my back's sore, and I run like shit. Basically, like Tuesday, come Friday, you just can't do it. And running is already hard enough. That's kind of the point I'm trying to express. And so I'll have to keep an eye on that. I think the last time I looked, there's a 10K this Saturday um, in Walnut, California, which I'm entered and I've booked flights. And by all accounts, I'm racing, right? But if near the race, honestly, I check and, and the pollen count's high, I won't be there. And I don't care. I don't care if that's weak. I don't care if that's soft. I just don't care. I love running. I want to run really well. I think I've worked hard enough to race really well. <clears throat> if the race was today, grass pollen is low. If the race was tomorrow or Monday, grass pollen is very high. I won't be there. Um, if it was the Irish Championships, a trial for the Olympics, I'll be there. When it's just, I wanted to race every sort of like four weeks, every four or five weeks. Um, to be good at running, sorry, I'm going to drag the podcast on a little bit, but to be good at running, you need to obey simple rules. Simple, simple rules. If you know that you can only handle a certain amount of training, only do that amount of training. If you know that you've trained hard the day before, follow it up with a recovery day. They're simple rules. Another simple rule for me, which oh, it's going to annoy me now. Another simple rule for me was never to race within two weeks of being sick unless you absolutely had to illnesses for me because of the asthma thing and the like once I got an infection 
other people could get these bloody infections and within like three, four days, they were just better. I didn't understand why mine was always two weeks. Resting heart rate for two weeks would be high. Fluid in the lungs. I I still wake up. This is now probably like day 12 or something since I was sick. And I'm still like waking up with like what I call like fluid. So that was the nutrition thing I was going to talk about. There's someone commented on the Strava that it's probably linked to nutrition, which makes a lot of sense. So there's a lot of foods that you can eat that reduce inflammation in like the lungs and stuff. And you can Google it, but I'm not eating more like fruits and um, your fruits, your vegetables, your, you know, avoiding dairy and, and uh, come on, look it up. It doesn't take long to search that. I don't want to tell you, you know, the wrong things. I think nuts, avocado, maybe healthy fats, salmon. God, I've just done your work for you. Anyway, I, these simple rules exist for a reason. I trained really well. <laughs> this is so annoying. I trained really well like two weeks ago. And this is what we do as runners, right? So I trained really well prior to getting the sinus infection and the problems. I did like a session in Camp Verde. It really reminded me of a session that I did very close, probably like five, six weeks out from like the 209. And that means probably only like three or four, two or three weeks out from the 6108 half marathon. It looked really good. Um, But the problem is that was before I got sick post illness there hasn't really been anything that would suggest a good race doesn't mean i don't want to race it doesn't mean that there's a negative approach there my reason for racing was because i think every five six weeks you should race if not more sometimes you just need to remind yourself that running's really tough it's that simple but because i'm only racing because I think every five, six weeks you should race. It's not a trial race. I don't need to run a qualifying time. It's just a race. That's the difference. The the cost of running a 10K in America is about $1,200. It's a lot. Um, Flights are 700. Hotel, I think, is 180 per night, maybe 200 per night. You need to be there two days before because you're leaving altitude. You need to stay there the night after the race because the race is at 10.40 p.m. That's why if the pollen's high, (laughs) I will not be flying to California to potentially have a bad one, potentially be really upset that I just didn't obey simple rules. We are stubborn little humans. And so your brain goes, don't be a pussy, go do it. But that's not true. It's not, it's not being weak. It's not being a pussy. It's being intelligent. There will be another race, etc. But everybody, <laughs> if you want to Google, come Thursday. <laughs> I think you normally get like a two to three day advance, like how it's going to be. So um, I won't be Googling the weather. <laughs> I'll be Googling um, the stupid bloody pollen. I don't care about wind. <laughs> wind is fine. I'll, I'll take wind over pollen. In the marathon, you're always Googling the wind, but yeah, I'll be Googling the pollen. And yeah, so that's kind of the update. I'm I'm in fairly good shape. I I should be, for goodness sake. If you look at Strava, I've done something like 13 or 14 weeks, around 90 miles a week. It's it's been very consistent, um, consistently solid. 
The other rule would be don't pay all your attention to like your best sessions and start to kind of have a little look at like, well, how have like, how have my like everyday sessions gone? How's my like my average sessions been? And and that's that's sometimes a mistake we make as runners is we kind of focus on the like, how it was kind of like my best day, you know? And you have to pay attention to just everything, your best day, your solid days, etc. That gives you a better picture of what result you should expect. And so that's like, that's not a negative approach. That's the honest approach. Some people put too much emphasis and thought on that one day where you had a brilliant session, like me and Camp Verde. That was a, that was kind of a one-off. When you're in a really good place, then lots of your solid days get to a really good place. And, and you earn that with good training. But I'm going to leave you there because that's now, let's see, oh my God, nearly 45 minutes. But maybe you'll be happy about that. Enjoy. Um, if you haven't checked out the YouTube stuff, feel free to do so. Um, if you haven't checked out the school stuff, again, feel free to do so. I might, I, let me see if I've set up a discount code. Login, jogginroom.com dashboard one second i think i did i think i did for the podcast and then sometimes if people just message like i also just give discount um let's see um okay expired 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 there we go i think there's a discount code lions capital l i o n s all capitals still sits there. So yeah, feel free. Um, but that's about all. Happy running. I, I'm really enjoying running. It's been really fun. Um, I'm excited to get into some races. I'm going to do some more track stuff. Haven't totally committed to a marathon yet, which oh, as if people are getting like, if I wanted to just run 211, 212, I could enter a marathon. No problem. I, I can, I mean, maybe I can already run that. I'm trying to run 208.10. So please, if you're listening and you watch things, just be patient. I, I need the fitness. Once you cash in, once you pick a marathon, you're cashing in. You don't gain a lot of speed in the marathon buildup at my level. And I'm not boasting about that. It's just that if you've ran for 14 weeks, 90 mile a week, you're in a pretty good place. An extra eight to 10 weeks marathon buildup isn't really going to improve speed. You're going to improve how, for how long can you run at a certain speed. You improve length. You extend the fitness. The fitness that you currently have, you extend. If you haven't done 13 to 14 weeks at 90 mile a week and you kind of train, I explained it like a boxer where you have up periods and down periods, well then yeah, you're going to gain speed. I don't gain a lot of speed in the marathon buildup. So pre-marathon buildup, I need things to kind of say, yeah, it kind of looks like you could get into 208 shape, 209. It's not saying that at the minute. Some days are, but remember, we need a few more than some random days to say that. Be patient. A marathon will come. It'll be later in the year, but running right now, I'm enjoying. Take care. Thanks for listening. All the best.